going through the car wash this week. Seko calls out the Santin boy. Why my my the markets in 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 Gauteng. Why my my why is why are you saying so slow? Why my my why my my. We preview the Netbank Cup semi-finals. You know, players are hurting. Players feel betrayed. Coaches feel betrayed. Again, you're going to have a handful of players that want to prove everyone wrong, and that's great for sure. But I think the the sheer strength of the Memelody Sundown squad. I just think Sundowns will come out flying. And, and no excuses for Amakosi in this year's title race. But if they don't win, now there's too many loopholes for Kansas City is an excuse. So I think Josh Moleka's story will come back again. The lockdown issue will come back again. The kind of Dillard story will come back again. Today is a great day for car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> <laughs> This is the car wash on Sakala Duma Radio. This is Hangana Good day and welcome to episode number 38 of the car wash. On today's show, Bobby Mutaung suspended by Chiefs for partying during lockdown. We preview the Nedbank Cup and UEFA Champions League that's coming up this weekend. And we also assess Opamanyisa and Joseph Mulangwane's moves to TTM FC. Whether you're listening to us via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Game Time on Mahikang 96.7 FM, welcome to the show. I'm your anchor, Slu Paho, voice of SL Radio, but I'm joined by two wonderful co-hosts. The first was described by the Ridiculously Human podcast as an ex-footballer, jokester, and role model. I agree with two of those three descriptions. It's Sean Roberts. How are you doing? Thank you, Slu. Which two are those? How savage would it be if I said jokester and role model? <laughs> yeah. Damn. Uh, and joining him is the magical midfield maestro from Meadowlands, Mr. Modise. How are you doing, Teko? How are you? I'm good on you, bro. All good, all good. You see my, my alliteration skills. My, very, very impressive. It's, it's well done. So poetic, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but uh, we have to be defeated by Mr. Sean Roberts. First things first, mm. the joke of the day. Quick one, but dodgy. Why did Snoop Dogg need an umbrella? For drizzle. Oh. For drizzle. <laughs> oh, for drizzle, my nizzle. <laughs> Well, very quickly, uh, you know, we don't want to get ourselves into any hot water, but we got to talk about Bobby Mutaung. He's been suspended by Kaiser Chiefs for taking part in festivities during what looks like the lockdown period. That's the, uh, the direct quote from Kaiser Chiefs. Uh, so we asked fans if Amakosi made the right call. And this is pole position. Pole position. Poll position is, of course, where we post a uh, question on our Facebook page and we ask you all to express your opinions on it. And here's what you had to say about Bobby's situation. I think it's a great idea from Kaiser Chief to suspend their manager. As you know, this is a national lockdown. It needs managers and players to be disciplined. It sends a strong message, not only to Kaiser Chief players, but to other teams that their discipline is very important during this uh, COVID-19 time. Thank you very much. This was long overdue, honestly. The public, the supporters of Kaiser Chiefs, they had dying fans. We've been calling for this guy's suspension. Bobby Mutaung then was reckless, very reckless during these circumstances. 
by suspending him, it is not enough. He has to be arrested, like any one of us. <laughs> okay, so just a side note here, all right, <laughs> on that last one. Um, Gauteng police spokesperson and Captain Mavela Masondo uh, came out and said, as Gauteng provincial government office, we don't have a report of a case having been opened. Um, so, so right now it's just initial reactions. There's, there's, no, there's no word of any arrests, but very strong opinions from our, uh, our fans as usual. Uh, but what do you guys think? Have uh, Chiefs made the right call here? And what does this mean for the team during the period of his suspension? So obviously he's going to miss a few games. Uh, what do you guys think? Oh man, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so difficult to comment on these things. I mean, you know, it's 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 obviously you know he's obviously just been bust. So this is this is the the course that's been taken. But um, you know, of course, you know, give him a two week suspension. I don't even think it's suspension to be honest. I'm just saying he's probably been told to stay at home in quarantine. Um, but you know, he, he's just one of millions that haven't really followed protocol. Am I right? I mean, the whole country really is is still living, um, unfortunately, still living the way they did not following a protocol that they should be. So it's, yeah, it's a tough one to comment on. Um, some strong words from, from the Kaiser Chiefs faithful, which does surprise me. But uh, yeah, I mean, have, have you been 100% locked down, Slew and Teko? You know, it's, it's a tough one. I have. I have, but I don't know if you guys saw Kwa Mai Mai, the market uh, in, in, in Gauteng. I, I can't remember exactly where Kwa it is. Kwa Mai Mai, man. Why are you, why are you saying so slow? It's Kwa Mai Mai. Kwa Mai Mai. Thank you. Okay, whatever. No mask. Not a mask in sight. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, sorry. Dave, what are your thoughts? Uh, for me, Sean, I'll say... Um, Look, um, I'm not sure whether when, when that video was taken and when did a party or whatever took place. But my biggest issue would be we've been struggling to get a proper date from uh, from the PSL and we've been begging SAFA and PSL to coexist into making a decision on this. And uh, after they made such a decision, you know, all the teams now being scrutinized because uh, they don't want to any player on this any danger whatsoever. And by the look of things, Bobby will be the guy that actually goes into the bubble with Kader Chiefs schools. You probably need all the people that are influential in terms of the team to make it to go forward and to get to help the team actually win the games. And uh, if this is the case where he might not be there in their first few games, then it becomes a problem because you know he needs to test again before he comes into the camp and what are you gonna What are you gonna say when you look at the players? Because the video is been circulating. I think it's, it's just one of those things where it was, you know, you try to steal yourself. You know, when you always join James Zoo, you know, you try to do something nice for yourself, whatever the case. Like surely, if you say you're right, not many people have been following regulation. It's tough. It's a tough situation, but but also comes with responsibilities, man. Because if Bobby actually tests positive and then he gets into the camp without being tested or without being recognized. Let's say the video didn't surface. He was gonna go there in there, not maybe one of the players that we spoke about last week. Then that becomes an issue. Then becomes very spiral. Then the team start losing games or teams maybe start progressing to how they're supposed to. I think it was just one of those things where he made a mistake, and um, luckily he, he, even though it's humiliating to be seen like that, but luckily they saw it, and then there's something that can be done about it. But I don't think it was suspended. Yeah. It was just in quarantine. I just think that, you know, it's 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 
this is a big message for other teams as well to recognize how serious this thing is. And I just wish and hope that with whatever cases have been going through this season, things come out very well for the men of the season so that they don't have any people to use them as scapegoats. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, on what you're saying, this whole thing of like, um, what's it? If he hadn't been caught, would he have said anything? There was a similar situation in the NBA uh, with a... Uh, with, uh, an yeah, LA Clippers to, player went to the script club <laughs> went to Magic City and got himself some wings and he was like no they, they also have a great menu guys and everyone was like fam if you hadn't been caught like would we would you have told us we don't know but uh, anyway anyway uh, he's been suspended and, and that's that we'll see if he gets into the bubble but anyways we have some football to look forward to this weekend. Man, it's it's so good to be able to say this weekend. Uh, Netbank Cup semifinals. Uh, so Baroka FC versus Bloom Celtic. Let's start with that one before getting to the biggie. Uh, so Baroka's road here includes a 1-0 victory over Pulokwane City, penalty shootout win over Hungry Lions, and then a 1-0 win over Black Leopards. Celtic, meanwhile, thrashed Amazulu 4-1, then snatched a 3-2 victory over Madridsburg with that last last-minute winner and then needed penalties to beat TS Sporting. But the big story is, of course, during lockdown, Celtic lost their coach, uh, Sima, mm. to Chippa United, and uh, John Maduka has taken over. So who has the edge in this one? Uh, Baroka have had an up-and-down season. Yeah, who would you take? Yeah, I think, Slew, you hit the nail on the head there. I think um, with Celtic having lost their head coach during lockdown, it's just causing, it must cause so much turmoil within the changing room. And he was doing a great job, the coach. So, um, we were all very surprised. We have spoken about it at length, but uh, we we're all very surprised that he left, especially to join Chipper. Um, Baraka, good coach in Dylan Kerr. Um, I believe they've had a solid, uh, what do you call them, a, a mini lockdown preseason, having spoken to a couple of the players. Uh, I'm going with Barocco on this one. I think Blum Celtic are possibly still on the edge in terms of losing their coach, not 100% focused. Um, but do you know anything can happen in these games, Slew? It's, it's um, one result and you're into the final. And obviously both teams are super hungry because it'll be the first game played in over three and a half or four months, you know. So, yeah. um, But I'm going with Barocco on this one. Deco. Uh, looking at um, especially Bloomfield Celtics, for me, is, as much as John Maduka is a newly appointed guy, but he's been part of the system for the longest time. Mm. And um, and uh, I don't think there's anything at this time that he will implement that is new. I don't think there's a personnel within the team that he will bring in that are new, that have never played the system before. And for me, I think that we will see the same consist uh, consistent movement in Celtics Yes, they might not be as 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 fluent like everybody else, or as fluent as, as they were before the lockdown. We all know that everybody's going to suffer that, but I I am anticipating to see the familiar faces in Bloomington Celtic side, mm. and also uh, this may this may be an opportunity for Bloomington Celtic because there's potential new owner within the team. There might be talks inside the camp, but guys, you and this is all yours. You know, there might be there might be some kind of incentives, and uh, and uh, mm. who are better players that deserves incentives more than Bloomington Celtics players? Yeah, yeah, you know, I believe that they'll play they'll play their hearts out, and uh, I think also uh, vice versa to what Barocca um, are facing is Barocca facing a tough challenge 
do you want to proceed with the cup and be in the cup final? What else? You're fighting relegation as well. Mm-hmm. And if if you're going into this game, what kind of what kind of what kind of a, a, a system or mindset you you going into this game with? Do you wanna do you wanna go all out so that you can start preparing? You get your momentum going for the next games, or this is the game that you wanna make a statement with? Because I've seen in the media he's saying he wants to leave a mark, blah blah blah, all those nice things. But for me, I'm looking at Baraka. They're in very very tough situation you can go ahead and win the seven million and win the tournament and be grateful but be relegated and lose more than that yeah so for me i, I believe that baroka spending in, in in a very tough uh, position for them to be able to go out and compete and even so even if they do go to extra time knowing that there's you know uh, more subs that are being involved i think it's it, it gives an advantage to to prevent Celtics and baroka because prevent Celtics, all they do they in a nice position just fighting for top eight, they can, they can, they can, they can risk going all out into this into the structure like Baroka. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, for Baroka, there's the the strange circumstance possibility of them winning the Nedbank Cup, qualifying for Africa, but getting relegated from the PSL, and then yeah. and then imagine being able to having to pay all those fees for travel. Meanwhile, you have less money coming in from the PSL anyway, and so it, it should be an interesting one. But the big juggernauts this weekend, Bidvest Vitz versus Mamelodi Sundowns. To recap their journey to the semifinals, Vitz knocked out Pirates on penalties. Then they knocked out Chipper United and smashed Real Kings. Sundowns knocked out Supersport United in the round of 16, Chuan Derby. Then they beat VUT before knocking out Highlands Park. Both coaches, interestingly, are two-time winners of the trophy. Both won it when it was the Absa Cup. And when it was the Nedbank Cup, uh, Pizzo, of course, with Super Sports United back in 05 and Sundowns in 2015, Hunt with Morocco Swallows back in 04, and again with Super Sport in 2012. Who are you guys backing for this one? The first big game uh, since the return of football. Yeah, I think I think with what's happened with Bidvest Vitz in the past uh, few months, um, the instability there, players don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, Memelodi Sundowns having signed a lot of their players as well. Uh, you've got to go for Sundowns, eh? I mean, without a doubt, in my opinion. But again, funnier things have happened in football. I think Sundowns are just, you know, again, I've heard they've had a very, very good sort of mini preseason. Um, not too sure what Vitz have been up to, but just with what's happening behind the scenes at Vitz, you have to really look at Sundowns taking the victory here. Uh, I was nearly going to say three points, but it's a cup game. You know what I mean? <laughs> do you not think? Do you not think Gavin will be able to convince the boys to to, to get them riled up? Yeah, look, if anyone could, it, it could be Gavin for sure. Um, I'm just thinking in terms of what's happened. You know, players are hurting, players feel betrayed, coaches feel betrayed. Um, again, you're going to have a handful of players that want to prove everyone wrong, and that's great for sure. But I think this. The sheer strength of the Mamelodi Sundowns squad, and remember that no one's played in the last three and a half, four months. Um, I just think Sundowns will come out flying, and um, yeah, I think Sundowns for the win, in my opinion. Deco, former Sundowns man yourself. Yes, how is you? <laughs> Listen, I think um, it'll be difficult for, uh, for for Gavinheim to, you know, to to bring back the confidence within the team. I mean, I think it's it's going to be one of those emotional. Emotional game for best players. Number one, you are secured with your with your with your future, and uh, do you want to go all out to get injured, or also the ones that haven't been playing, 
Mad Match, they want to probably get an opportunity to to play, to be seen, to be recognized, you know. Um, but for me, I think there's too many emotions that goes uh, on at uh, Bidvis Camp. Um, I don't think they're in the right state of mind to be actually uh, be in a position where they can, you know, fight and 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 put on a show against the tough man, Lady Sundowns. As for Sundowns, it's a team that you know they want to, they want to start right. They want to send you know a message. They want to get that momentum going. You know, they're probably going to be very strategic in terms of how they're going to use their subs because they can anticipate that Vince might take them to extra time. And we're looking at Mamelodi's and squad. They do have the players to actually come in and help them. Um, but what's most importantly, what I love about uh, about this fixture is the rivalry between the two coaches. You know, they can downplay the way they want to, but these are the two coaches. Like, these are the two best coaches that I've had in the last seven to eight years. And these are the guys that always wants to do best when they, whenever they face each other. And uh, for for Gavin Hunt, this might this might be it is the last game, probably maybe uh, under Vets, you know, against against Mamelodi Sundowns. He wants to cause an upset, and he loves being an underdog. And uh, with, with Peter as well, he knows exactly what he's facing. He knows he faces he faces a very a coach that is very tricky, that is smart, and knows how to play the game. And, uh, and 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 I'm sure that uh, Gavin Hunt won't be coming into this game, uh, you know, demoralized. I think he will come very prepared. It's just up to Vets players actually to put on the show because I mean it's up to them actually, you know, to go out with a bang. But also it's 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 very difficult to to, to do that, especially playing against a team like Mamid Sundance. But let's not forget that Bedford Vets has equally good players. Mm. And the Monday the Sundowns, just because it has a good squad, it doesn't guarantee them that they stand a good chance of winning the game. We've seen how Bidvers have played against Solana Pirates when they came in to win that game. We've seen the, the pictures that Bidvers has to face. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. And just to jump in there, Toko, you must remember the Vitz players are playing for contracts now. So yeah. they'll be even more hungry than ever. Yeah. Exactly. So for, for Bidvers, if, if they start right, they might dominate the game all the way. They, but they yeah. need to start right from the first minute. You know, forget about everything else. Forget about this is the D game that you guys, you know, need to win or you want to. You want to do it for yourselves. Do it for yourself. Do it for your contracts. Do it for whatever reason that you're doing it for. But do it right because this is an opportunity. Because I can guarantee you, if they can, you know, jump those hurdles, they're probably going to win the trophy. Because if, if I had to look back at the performance against Mamelodi Sundowns, I mean, I mean, against Orlando Pirates, I was completely convinced. But, you know, vets, vets are a problem when they want to. And if they can switch on that clock again against Mamrudi Sundowns, it will be a very, very interesting game, not only on, on the pitch, but also, you know, on the bench as well, looking at the, how those coaches are going to react. Because now we're going to hear everything they have to say. Yep. There's no fans. So yep. if you say, dude, we there to hear you. <laughs> and we'll be there with our no person writing down, did he just say that? Yep. Yep. So we'll yep. be there. It's gonna be a, it's yeah. gonna be interesting, and and also I think both of these teams. This is such a crucial game because more than any other PSL team, they want to hit the ground running here because they have the busiest month ahead. Both Bidvestvitz and uh, Sundowns have nine PSL games, and then mm. this uh, this is a tenth now. And then if they make the final, mm. that makes eleven in the space of a month. So it's 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 
it's heavy. And even what's it, Gavin Hunt? That's I saw crazy. he promoted like nine youth players from from MDC or something like that uh, to to just like beef up because he realizes this is a this is an uphill. Um, Pizzo, in fact, on his on his Twitter feed, called it. He called it an extreme bumpy ride, the the schedule. So it's it's yeah. gonna be fun. But uh, I mean that that segues uh, perfectly into our next topic, which is the PSL restart and the key fixtures in the title race, and uh, actually also the relegation battle because it kind of uh, filters in here. So. Mm. I'll start with Chiefs. They have two against Vitz. Uh, they have one against Sundowns and two against relegation-threatened Barroca FC and Polokwane City, right? So um, mm. the two against Vitz and Sundowns, oddly, if you look at Chiefs' season, you might you might almost back them in those games more than the relegation ones because they've struggled against small teams. Uh, but who do you guys think, what do you guys think, especially coming back, new stadium, um, how do you think they'll fare in those big games and then also in those uh, uh, games that might decide the relegation battle? Look, Slew, you hit the nail on the head there in terms of uh, the stadiums that'll be played at. You look at someone like Black Leopards away, Pulakwani away, Barocca away. Now that it's at neutral stadiums, you have to sort of lean towards your Kaiser Chiefs, Mamelodi Sundown, Supersport, Pirates, Maritzburg, etc. The guys are in the top four, top five because those, and Teko can vouch for this, those trips away to Venda are just horrific, mm. especially in that heat. Um, so all of a sudden now you think, okay, well, they've got Black or Amazulu or whoever, Barocca away, Black Leopards away. Is it really an away game? So you've got to back them for those as well. But I do agree with you. With, they're playing against Bidvest Bits. Um, they've got a couple of the big teams as well, which I do back them for. So it really is Kaiser Chiefs to lose this league. Um, I still believe they've got it in them to win it. But they need to... Uh, well, you know, every game is a home game for Chiefs. But it is those away games that they have been struggling with, especially with the lower-ranked teams. And I think it now being in neutral venues, it really does play into Kaiser Chiefs' hands. I honestly believe that. Interesting, interesting. Who do you think can fill in for Maluleko, who played a, a large portion of their games? Who do you think can fill in that slot for them for the rest of the season? Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Hey, are they going to bring? They're going to keep Willard in there. Um, and I, I like the Katsanda and Maluleko combination that they had. Um, and then sometimes with Shangasi as well. But we, we've spoken about him not being able to drop off enough. Mm. Um, will they show faith in him? I'm not too sure. Will they bring Ke uh, Kieran Backus back in? I believe he's going to be the replacement, to be honest, Bacchus, because um, he is able to go forward. He does very well defensively. He's impressed me massively um, in the few games that he has played. But the key is to have the Katsanda there and whoever's going to play next to him will be the key. And I do believe it'll be Bacchus. What do you think, Tex? Yeah, I think I think it, it'll be uh, it'll be suicide out of all for the coach not to, not to use Bacchus because of the qualities that he has. Plus, he's been playing a couple of games. So to bring back in Changasa, there's so much pressure for the boy to perform. And these are the games that we need people that are ready to go in and do it for the team. And uh, as for coming back to the question at hand, I think, um, I think Casey Chiefs, for me, I'll, I'll, I'll end with the relegation part. I think Casey Chiefs, for me, uh, all the games that remain, irrespective of who they're playing against, I think they, they have the toughest fixture because they've been in the same position before where they actually end up losing the league mm. to Mamelodi Sundowns. So they know the pain of going through the same thing again. And I'm sure now everybody can, because there's many doubts within the fans, within the public sphere, within the media, that we're not sure whether Kansas Chiefs were 
especially before lockdown, were in the right form to actually win the league. Because if you remember, they lost against Amazulu, I think also the week before, or two weeks before, they lost against Marisbeck as well. So people would be starting to have doubts and, and, uh, with Casey Chiefs, especially there's always been um, um, talks about how they play, you know, how not interesting they are, how whatever the case might be. So now this is an opportunity for them to actually consolidate. But you can't consolidate, you know, your one nil, one nil, one nil until you win the, uh, until the end of the game, until the end of the season. What else we have? tough fixtures that are coming ahead. So they need to come up with something that is first, something that maybe the coach needs to take a risk in certain positions and and, and, and probably know exactly which type of personnel to bring in at a certain time to actually know, make sure that you, you lock in. Because I don't think now anybody from Kansas City's point of view will care how Kansas City's play until the end of the season, as long as they win the league, they've got something to show for. Because if they don't win, now there's too many loopholes for Kansas City to use an excuse. So I think Josh Moleka's story will come back again. The lockdown issue will come back again. The Karma Billiard story will come back again. The book. So there's too many things that Kansas City needs to avoid. And the only way to avoid it is just win the league. Mm. And I think for the negation part, I think there's too many teams that, for me, I'm not trying to be harsh. They deserve to be relegated. One, they don't treat the players right. Two, they don't treat the players right. Guess what? Three, they don't treat the players right. Because you 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 are not an ambitious team. You don't sign good players. You do sign when you do sign good players. Once uh, some a team start having a talk with the player, some showing interest with the player, you make sure that the player sign, uh, maybe you double the contract or whatever the case may be. The player doesn't play anymore. Like I've seen this, this movie before, especially with the teams that are forever fighting relegation. I just hope that the ones that probably survive relegation this time around, they learn, they become better because we want the league to improve. We want, we want also teams to be fighting for the championship. Yeah. We want to see other teams as well playing in, 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 in a top eight, winning the top eight. We, we're not that we're tired of seeing the same teams, but we need a challenge. Now, big Vets, Vets, no it's no longer going to be there next season. Who's going to take the sport? We're looking at someone that's going to mm-hmm. take the sport and challenge for the league. That's my fear that are we bringing in people, people that are coming in within the league, are they going to help the PSO to the standard to go up or they drop in the standards because we know that with Verts, we knew the standard that we were getting from Verts. Mm. So yeah. now there's and one to, less strong team. And just to add in there, Teko, if you go from 16th place all the way to 7th place being Golden Arrows, all those teams can still get relegated. Exactly. Yeah. It's unbelievable. The bottom, the bottom four has three teams on the same number of points, 23, I think it yeah, is. Yeah, 23. It's, mm. it's, yeah. it's so tight down there. Um, that that you don't know what could happen. It's 18 points up for grabs for these teams, uh, and they yeah. they really need every 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 game to count. And it's it sucks for it's them. Crazy. That... I mean, look at Cape Town City, Teko, Hey, eh? 27 points. <laughs> Dude, that's what I'm saying. My my point is, I love Cape Town City. I love I love I love I love Cape Town City. But my problem is. There should be something that they're taking out of this season when the season is done. Mm. There need to be some lessons that are learned because, because, because honestly, uh, for the last three to four years, Capital City has been the team that fights for top three. One of the yeah. smallest teams that always fights for that owner. So there was something that they need to learn. And also, once they learn, they need to go back to where they belong. And that's why my issue also with other teams as well that are down there, I'm saying you Barocas. Barocas 2018, they won, I think, Telcom Cup. Mm. Those, those are the kind of things we want. We want to see all the surprises. We want to see all those teams, you know, getting incentives there, attract good players to come and play for you. Because once you're in a relegation zone every season, there's no good player that you're going to attract to come and play for you. 
Yeah. So now the standards of the league is going down instead of going up. On the other side, the downside is I don't think we're going to recover from the Vets safe because we don't have any stronger team that will come in and have that kind of impact that Vets had. You knew what you were getting when you're going to play in big Vets. Nobody wanted to play in a small, small, small stadium. Mm. Nobody, because you knew that <laughs> you just go in there for a draw. If you win, you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. So now, we, we, where are we going to get that? Now we left with Monday Sundowns, Pirates, um, Sundowns, and then maybe Super Sport. And then what? Scary times, bro. You know, you mentioned you mentioned Sundowns. Deco, you know how strong they can finish. Um, you've been a part of yeah. that before. Do you think that this changes anything, the new system, or do you think that Pizzo will be able to get them in line and have them win every single game outright from here on? Because they do have Pirates and Chiefs. They also have three uh, uh, relegation deciders, Baroka, Polokwane, and Leopards are on their fixture list as well. Do you think that Pizzo is going to smash every single one of these? Look, look at this way, look, they, they are up against KZ Chiefs, whom we know how the supporters play their role in terms of KZ Chiefs' results, in terms of how the teams play. Yeah. When, when the supporters are behind KZ Chiefs, you'll see KZ Chiefs getting the momentum, KZ Chiefs buzzing. So now they're in a new environment where there's no fans whatsoever. Mm. Now, mm. Mamelodi Sundowns have been playing Champions League every year. The chances are, They'll go to the Champions League games where they play against the crowd that is against them. So they don't have any home-based crowd. And they come out with better results. Mm. So now you, you, you're facing a team that is stronger mentally to play under difficult circumstances. And you, on the other side, you, you sometimes rely on the fans to bring up the players because of the pressure of the team itself. Mm. So I think for, for, for these two teams, it's going to be, it's, I don't think it's going to boil down into the tactics of what is doing, who's doing what on the pitch. It's, it's who's mentally stronger to, to push through, even though it's difficult. Because of now, you're going to hear more than not. You're not going to rely on the fan to bring you up or to clap the hands when you had a goal, uh, uh, a short and goal. Uh, on the pitch, you're going to hear pitch's frustration. He's going to shout as a player, are you going to be scared to be brought in as a staff because of it? You know now that you're going to hear everything. Like now it's going to be based on the mentality of the players. And I believe that none of the standouts get stronger mentally, but it's okay for Chiefs to lose the league. It's going to be very, very tight. And I think we should keep this energy because uh, uh, as we get into International News Desk with Kurt... You know, we're going to start with the transfer talk, but we're also going to have a Champions League preview. And I, I, I want to keep this energy because uh, because now I'm, I'm excited again. Soccer's back. Uh, but uh, we welcome <laughs> Mr. Kurt Buckerfield. How are you doing, Kurt? What's up, Stu? I'm good, man. How's it, guys? So, uh, two big transfer stories this week. One which just confused me. Uh, we, we had a little bit of a, <laughs> of a disagreement on Twitter there, Kurt. But uh, we'll start with Sancho, rather. Because um, Sancho, it looks like it's going to happen, right? I think so. Um, so, we're hearing that he has basically agreed personal terms with Manchester United. Um, and it's now for the clubs to reach an agreement over the transfer fee. Um, Dortmund have reportedly told United that they want everything finalized by the 10th of August. Um, but what I've seen um, from, from Solskjaer, from United's camp, is that they are in no rush to get the deal done. Um, and apparently they're actually pretty unhappy with the way Dortmund have handled things, like, uh, you know, just by demanding this deadline. Um, but mm. it does look likely to happen. Um, and it seems like his transfer fee will be paid in installments. 
um, with 60 million up front and then another 40 to 60 over the course of two or three years. Um, that's what I've read. Yeah. As you do. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a big one, gents. What, what do you, what do you make of that? I mean, Sancho, of course, has the talent for it, but uh, do you think uh, do you think Dortmund are right in being a little aggressive in their uh, transfer business here? I think so. I mean, I think they're well within their rights. They're probably annoyed by United's interest over the last two years, so they probably just want to get things done and have their squad. Um, ready for for next season they don't want to let this thing drag on um so yeah i think they're well within their rights to do that to do. but i think it's weird because the reason they wanted such a big down payment was to replace sancho straight away exactly which, yeah which which makes me realize well why sell him in the first place if he's just going to replace him because he's going to be very very difficult to replace wait but they got bellingham though they well bellingham is is more central oh yes he, he is, he is. Sorry about that, he's yeah. more of a center um a sentiment yeah sean i mean i'm not sure whether um this money will be used entirely to replace him i don't think it will i think they would have taken a knock with the coronavirus outbreak the economic impact they would have felt mm. it just like everybody else so i think they're just trying to make as much money as possible which would have been the case regardless of, of uh, the economic impact um, that they, they would have felt in recent months. So I'm yes, not entirely yes. sure. I think Dortmund have a knack of replacing like uh, Dembele, Sancho with, with someone young from the academy who then they go on to sell for 100 million. So I, I can't see them bringing in a big money signing. Um, but they might need to consider a move like that if they want to challenge Bayern Munich, who just, I mean, they're running away with, with the league every year. Deco, what are your thoughts here? Oh, I don't like conversations about Arsenal or Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> the second one's going to be about Arsenal, so buckle up. <laughs> no, but I, I think, look, for looking at Solskjaer's plans and looking at the way that he wants to play, I think... You'd, you'd assume that Sancho would, would be a perfect fit into the team. But my issue is as well is um, because I've seen recent games where Rashford is playing on the left, where Martial is playing as a striker now. So now, Sancho, where would you want to play Sancho? I think Teko, I think Sancho would be coming in as a, as a right wing because he plays a lot of football there at Dortmund, yeah. Yeah. So my 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 thing is him being a perfect fit will make sense and 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 hopefully you know you see you see Manchester of the great the ones that we grew up supporting and and maybe we'll see those days coming back. But as for as for as for Dortmund, we've seen Dortmund every maybe every two years they always sell the big stars and they don't have a problem with replacing them. They I think they're scouting people they whoever that does the scouting. The head of scout there is amazing because they always find the gems. You know, even 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 the money that they spent to buy Sancho from Man City is ridiculous. And look at look at him now. And I think also maybe the reason why also they want to sell him as quickly as possible. Maybe also Sancho had this conversation that he wants to go back. Now that Sancho is well known, he wants to go back home and actually play because that was his dream. So for him to go and 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 force the move, we understand because also the language barriers in Germany. So coming back home. The class actually that you play with in the national team, I think it makes it easy for him. And also, he wants to be a starter in the national team. He wants yeah, to play yeah. regularly. So, what's the best way to do that when you're playing at home? It's easy for Southgate to see to watch you every every, yeah. every single game. So that's true. What's for him? I think, Kurt. I think it's. I just think it's a good bit of business for both teams, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think Dortmund are trying to. Yeah, I think Dortmund are recouping what they've lost in 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 
in this whole COVID-19 and United are getting a world-class player. So yeah. um, I think it's good business on both sides. I think it's a win-win. And I just want to say one more thing on this. Dortmund, you know, when, when Dembele left, his natural replacement was Sancho, who was 17, 18 at the time. They've got mm. this young kid in the academy who you guys need to look out for. His name's Yusufa Mukoko. He's a oh, yes. Cameroonian-born 15-year-old who yes. um, will for sure make his debut as soon as he turns 16. As soon as he's allowed to, he'll make his debut for that Dortmund first team. He is scoring goals for fun in that academy. Um, he's playing for Germany's under-16. He, he was playing for Germany's under-16s at 12 years old. He was playing for mm. Dortmund's under-17s at 12 years old. He played for the under-19 team last season and scored 34 goals in 20 matches or something like that. And he's a, he's a left-footed... Um, forward, who will probably just play on the right. So just look out for this kid. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Kurt, but didn't the Bundesliga literally change their ruling uh, so that he can play yes, sooner? Yes, they changed the rules for him. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so wow, usually wow. you're supposed to be 16 and a half to make your debut. They're changing the rules for this kid. I, I heard so about 16. this. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so, so I need to check him out. It reminds me of Messi because when, when Messi was at Barca, it was the first team players who asked the coach like, hey, you got to put this kid in. Like, it's ridiculous yeah. now. Wow. So crazy. So we're gonna see, but we have to we have to discuss uh, this. So while Sancho is the story for Manchester United, mind you, we beat Arsenal, beats Chelsea in the FA Cup final, and now we're trying to chase William, who's thirty-one, on a free. I guess that's the benefit. But I need to understand why. Because, Kurt, I know you're a nice guy, but I feel like you were low-key throwing shade at, at Arsenal by, by saying... Why? Um, what, do you, what, do you, what do you mean? Because you, I was like, like a ch uh, he'd be a backup, right? And you were like, nah, I yes. think you'd be surprised. And I'm, I'm really yes, wondering. But, yeah, but no, I, so I, I didn't mean that. That wasn't a shot. I'm sorry. That wasn't a shot <laughs> at all. Um, I just feel like people are being really harsh on William. Look, I've been critical of him in the past. I don't think that he's like a. I don't think he's a great player, but I think for Arsenal, um, look, and again, I don't mean this as a shot, but Arsenal fans um, need to see where their club is at the moment. Mm -hmm. And when a player like William becomes available um, for free, I think you take him with both hands. He's thirty-one years old. Yes, um, he's coming from a rival. Yes, but. It's not the same as Petr Cech coming. It's not the same as David Luiz coming. Those guys were probably just happy to be earning a decent contract by staying in London. I think Willian wants to play under Arteta. That's what I've read. He really wants to play under mm -hmm. Arteta. And I feel like he can still improve under Arteta. He's had five managers in the last seven years. I don't think that he's pull, been pulled aside um, and been given the tactical um, insight that he probably should have been. So, yeah, he doesn't score enough goals. He doesn't contribute to enough goals. But, I mean, I, I read something the other day that in seven years, he has missed four games through injury. He, is extremely, yeah. that he is extremely fit. He's in great condition yeah. still. Um, and he will be free. And, and I've, I've read that he doesn't want to go to Arsenal because of money. Uh, Chelsea are apparently offering him more money. Um, but he mm. wants to play under Arteta. And I just feel like... It's a no-brainer. I think the reason uh, that, that, that he disagreed with Chelsea was the length of the contract, right? He wants a three-year deal. Yeah, yeah. And so, and, and this is my one thing, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I became an Arsenal fan through Wenger's 
a generation. And I remember Wenger yes. had a rule where he was like, when it, when you when it comes to these 30 plus year old players, you don't sign them on long term deals. And and I just wonder yeah. if that culture is changing. Uh, but I do see the benefits of having a, a, a guy who's not injury prone because, man, look and slew, slew, it looks far. It will look so much different um, in, in two or three weeks time when when not only Willian is signed for Arsenal, but perhaps somebody else, somebody somebody else like Coutinho, who's also available in this market. So I think that Arteta and, and Arsenal will have a plan. I think the club are going to back Arteta. And, you know, maybe we shouldn't just look at it like it's, 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 it's Willian from a rival and he's 31 years old. But when you, when you have a Bomiang on the field, when you have Pepe, um, an informed Pepe, hopefully on the right hand side, and you have mm-hmm. Willian on the left, it suddenly looks like a completely different side. Sure, and I just, I, I feel agree. like he's going to make a huge difference. I really do. I feel like he's somebody who's still going to improve. Guardiola always gave Arteta the credit for getting his wingers more involved. Um, that was something he spoke about often. And I feel like Willian um, will get better under Arteta. I really do. Um, I might be wrong, but I think you're looking at, uh, at Frank, what he's trying to do. Uh, but he's trying to bring in his own players into, into 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 the system, new young players, and they look at William how long he's been there. And sometimes if you you don't want to be sidelined because you know the culture of the team and this is Frank Lampard that is a legend of the team. He wants new faces. He wants this, and uh, probably maybe wants England players as well to be playing on those positions as well. So yeah. for 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 William to 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 move across, uh, that's great, and especially for a player that says I want to play under. A certain coach as as a club, you should be very happy because now you're bringing a player that is very happy to come through. It's for the right reasons, yeah. Exactly, and it also it, it helps also in terms of attracting attracting other players as well. You know, if, oh, sure. if you have William and then maybe Coutinho agrees to come through, the other players then it improves the team because of really really guys. I don't know what's happening at Arsenal. Okay, <laughs> you know God sometimes is very great. You know, it gave you guys a fake up, but there's something wrong there. There's no creativity. There's nothing. There's totally nothing in that team. Yeah, it is an important transfer me, window for us, to be fair. Exactly. You guys, if not going to use it right, I promise you, I promise you, that will be the end of it. I think it won't even last the season. Because <laughs> it's important. Because, because look at, I'm telling you, like look at what everybody's doing. Look at all the new coaches, what they're doing. Frank Lampard is bringing in proper side. He might not be signing defenders. That might be the problem. But if he's going to score seven and he concede five, he wins the game. <laughs> But what I'm saying is that if, if Arsenal, Ateta can chill there and, 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 and be great at Arsenal, but if he's not going to sign, trust me, you'll be fighting relegation next season. Uh, Sean, Sean <laughs> any, any thoughts here? Yeah, um, just a quick one. I think it is, yeah, I, th- I think because he'll be 32 soon as well. So to sign a 32-year-old in a three-year deal is is madness. But on the other side, he's going to bring so much creativity to the Arsenal midfield and up front, which they don't have at the moment. Um, yeah, I think just to add on what Kurt was saying as well, I think in the last seven seasons, he hasn't played less than 40 games, and you've really got to look at that. Um, he's He will add a lot of value to Arsenal, but whether on a three-year deal, it's it's that for me is a bit debatable because that's what he's after. He's after for a bit longevity. It's not so much the money. He's made his money, but to sign a 32-year-old, because he will be 32 soon, I think by the, by the new season, yeah. on a three-year deal, in the Premier League is uh, <laughs> yeah yeah I will say real quick before we move on I just actually had the thought that William is Brazilian and so he'd be able to mentor Martinelli quite well as well so uh, but anyway 
Moving forward, we have the UEFA Champions League. We're just going to preview the games coming up this weekend, uh, of which there are some pretty big ones over here. Uh, Man City versus Madrid, Juventus, Lyon, Barcelona, Napoli, and Bayern, Chelsea. So uh, I think three of those, one of those we'll, we'll touch on very briefly. But Man City, Madrid, how are you feeling for that one, Kurt? Um, I, I'm actually quite confident that Manchester City can, can advance past uh, Real Madrid. I think that Madrid finished the, the domestic season strong, but I just feel like um, City are in a better position. Um, I feel like Kevin De Bruyne can turn a game on his head and it just takes one moment from him. Um, I feel like Pep really, really wants this. I feel like City, um, this is arguably the best chance that they've, they've had to win the Champions League. Um, yeah, for sure. And, I, and I'm, I'm really confident that they will get past. Um, Sean, I believe you support City. Big fan. Um, Big fan. Concerning, obviously, no Sergio Aguero. Um, but, you know, the attack is on form. It's on point. We're beautiful. What worries me is our central defense. Um, but, yeah, I think we're going to take this one. And if we win this one, we'll win the Champions League. We'll be fine. Oh. No worries, man. I think so, too. <laughs> Teko's also a Man City fan. Yeah, we'll play with the false nine. Sergio, Sergio Ramos will never know who to defend. Don't worry. <laughs> once, he's, once he's not there in the central position, there's a problem. Don't worry. All right. And then uh, we have Leon. Uh, it's an away fixture for Leon, but they have the lead going in. Um do you think that they can hold off Juventus? Look, Juventus haven't been convincing at all this season. They won the league again. I think it was their ninth uh, Serie A title in a row. But they've been far from convincing. They they won the league by one point, um, and it really should have been Inter Milan's. I don't know if you've got if mm. you guys have seen that table, but just go have a look. Um, Inter Milan drew ten games while Juventus drew five. So it looked to me like Inter actually threw it away, um, rather than Juventus being the best team in Italy. But sure. I don't know. I think that Juventus will 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 probably beat Leon. They'll they'll advance. Yes, it's a Ronaldo type game. It feels like right, like it's it's where for he sure. usually sticks. Exactly, <laughs> uh, guys. That time is gone. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> <You> think... <laughs> uh, it's gone. Jeez. I've watched Juventus like probably four or five times. Ah, uh, guys, it's gone. Ah, uh, no. All right, all right. I Let's... was tweeting about that, Teko. I was talking about that a lot, and I I, I was receiving hate mail, but. <laughs> Thank God somebody else feels the same. The, the Ronaldo fans are strong over here. Hey. But um, <laughs> then we have Barcelona and Napoli. 1-1 uh, over there. I think Barca have the away goal. So if it ends 0-0, Barca go through. But of course, that's probably not going to happen here. What, what are you feeling for that, Ty? Mm. So, I mean, this one's obviously close to the heart because I, I'm a Barca fan. But I, I, I don't think that they're going to go through. I think Napoli... Um, are a better side at the moment. Um, I think that there, there's just too much that's gone on at Barcelona. I don't know. I mean, Slu, I feel like Messi and, and Suarez and Griezmann, having those players in your side should be enough to get you past a Napoli. But mm -hmm. I've watched uh, Barcelona throughout the season and they've been poor week in, week out. So I'd actually back Napoli. Um, I'd back Napoli to score uh, more than one goal there. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely going to be a tricky game, that. Interesting. What do you think? Ateko, you're also a Barca fan. Do you think they, they're going to be able to get past Koulibaly? Look, dude, the sooner Barcelona's out of Champions League, the better for us that we can restart and reschedule certain things for the team. Mm. Because I think by us advancing more and more and more, it looks like there's something great within the team and there's nothing. I think there's, there's the fact that I spoke about Griezmann. Griezmann not having freedom. I think there's too many players that are there. 
or maybe they don't understand the coach or they don't want the coach. There's too many problems within Barcelona camp. And I think the better we we, we are in the Champions League, join board, look at the players that we need to bring back. We, 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 we've been saying that, no, uh, Coutinho shouldn't come back. Who's better now? that we have in the midfield that can help us. Like, I don't understand. I, there's so many things that I don't understand. But anyway, we, we, we're selling a 20-something-year-old, we're buying a 32, 31-year-old. Mm-hmm. So there's a problem with Barcelona, Chief. Like, I, like, Napoli will win the game. And it's almost, Teko, like you, it's like you said now, it's almost cruel that Barcelona always seem to get to the semifinals and in and around the, the area, and you think that they're going to they're gonna do it, and then they don't. And... It, you know, you keep thinking that there's a squad in there, but it's to me, it's kind of amazing that they've managed to get that far or they managed to even get to the semifinals last season. Um, Messi pretty much carried them. So, yeah, I agree with you there. I, mm. I think that as a fan and not as a journalist, if I remove my journalist cap right now, as a fan, I'd like them knocked out ASAP. So um, <laughs> they're just, you know, all the way down to earth. Absolutely. Well, that, there we there we have it. I, I'm going to leave it there because honestly, do we need to even talk about this Bayern Chelsea match? I don't think so. Three 0 Chelsea's no. got an injury list longer than what I don't know. So I don't I don't I don't see anything changing there. But yeah, for uh, sure. And also, that's a three. Those are three away goals for Bayern. So Chelsea need four anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, Kurt, for joining us on International News Desk. Cool guys. Thanks, Kurt. Until next week, boys. Cheers. Sure, sure, I think uh, let's uh, throw ten quick fire questions in here before we dive into. Uh, I think we'll jump to secret footballer so we can give Sean his time. Question number one: Who is the funniest guy in the PSL that you have played with? Capuza, uh, no, that's classic. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Who's the flashiest dresser? Tekum DC. Who's the worst dressed? Man, <laughs> I feel like you are to make me say things that, that I don't know how to say. Man. You must throw them under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course, like uh, I've I've checked. Like there's people that I don't follow, but no, I check their their uh, Instagrams. So, eh, that's a tricky question. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna pass. <laughs> nah, pass that one. <laughs> Who is your best friend at Cape Town City FC? I have like some guys that. I usually hang out with and I consider them brothers because of all the stories that we share, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, I, I can't just pick one because there's there's few of them that I consider them my brothers. Tami, Tabo, you know, mm-hmm. Tatum Keke, Mpomakola, uh, Mdun Datsani, Kermit Erasmus, Surprise Ralani. So those are the guys, Sage. So those are the guys that the the like we 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 spend like most of the time together. So yeah, I see. I, I wouldn't see. say like a best friend, a best friend. I only have one that is in Mozambique. But you know, I found brothers here. You know, I found brothers, people that I can share my problems with. What is the best goal that you've ever witnessed while you were on the field of play? There's Sompo's one. There's Sompo's one that he scored against us. That was a, a great. That's the greatest goal that I have I have ever witnessed while being on the pitch. All right, and then currently, what is your favorite car? My favorite car, BMW, all day long. M3 or M4. Okay, so, what's your favorite local food, either from Mozambique or SA? My my favorite local food here 
is uh, Mukhodu. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice Mukhodu with pap. Like, I will eat that every day. Mm-hmm. And in my country, of course, there's, uh, we call it feijoada. I don't know if you have heard about it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a mix of, of beans, like beans. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can put chicken there. You can put uh, sausage. You know, you can put uh, beef. Ah, you understand all together (laughs) so we call it feijoada it's it's quite a a famous dish in my country feijoada I need to get myself a portion and then uh, last but not least what is your favorite holiday destination my favorite holiday destination Santorini Greece Santorini Greece have you been I haven't been there but yeah (laughs) that's where I I will see myself you know Enjoying my holidays. <laughs> this is a Cape Town City defender Milson Dove. <laughs> Another one. Oh, Somebody Not gets him to Santorino. To Santorini, sorry. Let's uh, dive into the secret footballer, which is uh, where Sean Roberts takes a look at our sister publication, Kickoff Magazine's back page, where someone tells a story of what's happening in local football. What you got for us this week? Just a quick one. Um, Obviously, the secret footballer, he speaks about the treatment of newcomers received when they join new teams. So he said, when I went to play in Switzerland, it was an extremely difficult experience. I'm a black man who went to a white country at a white club, and I was the first black player. I think, to move there. There were lots of challenges I encountered because I was about to take someone else's position. This problem is not just a local South African problem. It happens everywhere. I mean, I can recall, you know, when I played in Europe, going into that uh, changing room, knowing that nobody wants you there um, because you are literally taking someone's money out their pocket, you know. Mm. And Teko, I mean, you've obviously been in this position as well. It's, it's not an easy position, but it's something that professional footballers and sportsmen have to push on and persevere to get through those difficult first couple of months at a new club with new surroundings and new teammates, right? Yeah, man. I mean, I remember um, coming into Mambiri Sundowns, you know, coming in there with the superstars and uh, obviously somebody knows that, you know, he was not signed here to sit on the bench, but somebody needs to sit out. So I had to actually end my stripes again, you know, and, and, and you, feel, you feel the energy that, you know, you don't want it there. You know, then, and then obviously, but being the professional that you are, you you always need to, you know, push through, you know, persevere and, and win their trust because it's important to have uh, your teammates trusting you. So I had to win that. And it was the most difficult thing. I think I've ended up after two seasons. It was very, very difficult. So, But I, but I know that it's, it's sometimes difficult, especially playing for big teams in the country. That's one of those those things that players need to persevere Absolutely. Lovely stuff there. So we need to talk about Opap Manisa and uh, Molongwane who have signed for TTM FC. Uh, they both are trying to turn their careers around after some pretty brutal injuries. Uh, Opa Manisa, of course, suffered an Achilles injury of in October last year. He's apparently recovered. He recovered just before lockdown. And then uh, Mulungwane, on the other hand, uh, had a rough leg injury back in 2018, playing for Chiefs, struggled with injuries again last year, only made two appearances in 2019. So, uh, you know, Sean, you, you have a lot of experience with injuries. Uh, Deco, you have a lot of experience in terms of just persisting through your career. What do these guys need to do to get their careers back on track and succeed at TTMFC, Sean? Well, they've made the first move and that's that's to sign a contract. So I think they're very, very blessed um, in terms of getting employment contracts these days. We've seen, especially with with what's happening now in the PSL, it's, it's tough for players to get a job. So well done to them. 
Um, yeah, in terms of signing for TTM, it's yeah. Let's wait and see. Very interesting. <laughs> but for now, it's about getting game time, game time, game time. And that's that's all that matters, Lou. The more game time, the more confidence you get. Um, and hopefully just get back to normal. We know what quality players they are and what they have been. And their talent never goes away. Never forget that. So let's just hope they stay injury-free and and have a good season with TTM going forward. I think, uh, like Sean has said, like, I've never doubted the talent of the players. And uh, sometimes also, um, you know, you need somebody that will believe in you, whether it's the team or it's the coach. I just hope that uh, for these two players, that's the case this time around. Mm. But but my 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 only other also other concern will be, um, you know, looking from an outside in. It's it's I hope that the team is well prepared. You know, all the ducks in a row. I think, you know, they have a coach that will actually understand that what are the requirements to survive in the league. I think that's the first thing that they need to look at. They don't need to look at winning anything. If you win every, any trophy, it's a bonus. But you need to look at how are you going to survive? Because I believe that next season will be one of those tough seasons because I think there's going to be pictures back-to-back and you need to have good players to be able to play all those games and actually win. Mm. And uh, I just hope that, you know, within the short space of time, also they have the players that are willing to play for the team, not because they're just looking to, you know, looking for a paycheck end of the month. I just hope they're looking for, they actually acquire players that are willing to play for the team. And also it's important for the team itself to be, as ambitious as possible. I mean, you also want to train good players as well. So I think you need to be ambitious, be vocal about it, and hope that, you know, and work towards it. And uh, and I think also, for, for first thing uh, that they need to do is to dominate their region, which is daily popular. Let them, let them be the Mbopo Kings. Start that kind of conversation that build, because this is a new team, build the confidence, build the fan base by doing so. I think... By doing that, once your team becomes so interesting, now you start in, you start also, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, attracting players that also want to come and play for you because you've seen the cases of big best players, others that don't want to go and play there yeah. because anything new change is very very difficult to accept at times and 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 now we don't know anything about TTM, especially the PSL team. So the first season is in the trial stage, and I think I hope that. With everything that they, they they've been uh, doing behind closed doors, it's preparing them for a great season. Because I've seen a team that does that did the same thing that they're doing right now. They end up owing players money. They end up getting liquidated. So I just hope that we're not going to see the case because of we just bought the rich rich history of bit first. So I just hope that with this transition, you start your new uh, your new own history, and by doing so, survive the first time around. And let's see what happens going forward. I don't know if you guys saw, Sean, did you see that they tried to approach Owen DeGama? And uh, Owen actually confirmed this to media. Um, do you think that, like, th- they have the right to... You go there. You go there. I promise you. Yeah. Hey, but don't quote me on that, though. <laughs> it would be yeah, interesting but he's, he's got see. a good thing going at Highlands, eh? I mean, it's obviously quite unprofessional to approach a... A coach that's still under contract, but this is the PSL and funnier things have happened. Um, uh, I, I would be surprised if he does go there, Teko, but I'm not going to disagree with you. But uh, let's see. But you know what? We've seen now that Highlands are also up for sale. So who the hell knows? Yeah. 
And the reason why I'm saying this is that it won't be the first time that Owen is working in Rwanda. He's worked there before. He knows the language very well. And yeah. also, the chances are, if Highlands Bank do decide to sell, you also need to find a job. But it's just that also, like you said, it's unprofessional for a team to, to be talking with the coaches while they're still under contract. But also, as a guy that you need to be approachable, don't go out and speak about, yeah, but they spoke to me. Because nobody will come in and try to speak to you because they're scared that you might expose them. Mm, mm. Yeah, for sure. It should be interesting with TTM. I mean, they're clearly bringing uh, Manisa and Molongwane in as like experienced guys. Of course, they have a career turnaround, but I think TTM are probably going to have to get a lot of youth in to 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 start off with. You know, I don't think they'll be able to to have a bunch of superstars in the in the side. Uh, so it should be an interesting situation that will that they'll find themselves in next season. Plus, they're up against it. Every Absolutely. team, I think, is everyone's going to be their enemy basically next season uh, because of the way things <laughs> happened. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, should sure. should be an interesting fight. But uh, so I'm going to do this week in football history real quick. Today we remember great moments from the past. We dive into the time capsule. Join us as we remember great moments from this week in football history. This week back in 2003, Manchester United lost to Sporting Lisbon in a preseason friendly. The score was 3-1 to Lisbon with Luis Felipe and João Pinto scoring the goals. But after the game, the United players were raving about about a different player, a young winger who they'd eventually signed for 12 million pounds. You might know him. His name is Cristiano Ronaldo. This week back in 1999, Alan Shearer marked his 100th appearance for Newcastle United by receiving the first red card of his career. Uh, the, it was given to him for a second yellow offense and, and basically the ref said excessive use of elbows was the reason, which is, you know, <laughs> that's just a fun thing. And then uh, this week back in 1991, out here in South Africa, Hellenic drew 1-1 with Blackpool in the JPS League Cup in the semi-final group stage. And I bring this up because I find the format interesting. Um, it's something that I, I've never seen since it's it's a semi-final group stage where the four it's 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 three teams sorry um that 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 qualify here and so they each play each other and so each of them play twice um and interestingly in the semi-final group stage that i'm mentioning all three of the matches ended in draws blackpool and dynamos went through only because their draw was 2-2 instead of 1-1 so their goal difference <laughs> was better uh, for goals <laughs> scored but it's just a very fascinating system that I, that i wonder if they'd ever bring back uh but that's this week in football history um do you have a car of the week for us mr Shaw? i do i do i do um we look at this week tusa parlor was um photographed next to a beautiful 2018 glc 63 amg one of my favorite cars on the road unsurprisingly spacious this thing of beauty provides style elegance speed and all-around sexiness the perfect combination for any car in my opinion what should be your key to take away from the GLC 63? That it does a lot of things and it does them all very well. 
It drives with the verve and capability of Mercedes Sports Coupes. It offers up all the practicality and utility we expect from an SUV, and it retains a high level of luxury. It's for those reasons that the GLC 63 should be high on your list when shopping for a go-fast, do-it-all luxury SUV, ranging from 1.5 million up to 2.8 million and 9 out of 10 for me. Ooh, very, very nice. Uh, I think I think TTMFC, if anything, they need motivation for next season. So I think I think Sean, uh, as usual, you need to motivate them with a quote of the week. What do you have for yes, us? Yes, sir. So here we go. My mate, uh, Mr. Musa Bilankulu said, hate is heavy and worthless anyway. Boom. Mm. Yeah, straight to the point. Mm. Straight to the point. There we go, Slew. Yep, heavy is the hand that hates on others. Anyway, uh, that has been episode number 38 of The Car Wash. So whether you were listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Game Time on Mahikang 96.7 FM, thank you very much for tuning in. You'll find us in the same place next week. A big thank you to my co-hosts, Mr. Sean Roberts. Thank you, sir. And Mr. Teko Mudise. Thank you, Slew Dog. Thank you, Sean. Hey, tada. Zansi, we shall check you next week. Peace out. Today is a great day for a car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> <laughs> this is the car wash on Sokola Duma Radio. This is a Fangana Corner. Bana and Baba.